the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Make It Clear Ministries has sponsored this Make It Clear broadcast. Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. Now, for those of you that are guests that are here for the very first time, we've been in a series called the ABCs of Character Building. And each week we've selected a various character trait that we are looking at in the life of Christ. And as we now allow Christ's life to live out through us, it would improve our character because we become more of Christ's character. And so this week we're at the letter P and we selected promptness on this. And you'll see how that opens up in just a moment. But I want to remind you a little bit about where we are as far as this promptness. Now, you can go to almost any book on character building, and they'll probably have anywhere from 50 to 200 various character traits in whatever book that is. And if you go to a Christian one, it'll have all the definitions, etc. But I'd like you to know, though, that when we talk about promptness, I don't want to just give you point one, point two, and a lot of sub-points with bullet points. I really want you to understand that while I'm giving you some skeleton there, the real heart and soul of promptness is found in the person and the work of Christ. Christ himself was never late. He was always on time. Christ himself didn't procrastinate. He was always prompt. And so as we allow Christ's life to live out his life through us, then we will be what I call appropriately prompt. Now, why do I call it appropriately prompt? Because sometimes in our desire to be prompt, that we're going to have to be late in one area so we can be prompt in another area. And if you took a snapshot of our life at that very moment, we would look like we're late when in reality we're prompt for something else. And so I know that today it's going to require a lot of attention that you would give to this message, but always remembering that as you yield to Christ who lives his life out through you, you will be appropriately prompt in this. So I hope it's a real blessing to you. But you know, as I thought about this, I thought I'd ask you some questions before we even go through our survey. And that was, have you ever in a time in your life thought about how much time you wasted waiting for someone else or for an event to start that was late? Have you thought about that? How that other people's lack of promptness had an impact or an influence upon your own life and maybe even making you late because they didn't do what they should do in a timely manner. And parents, have you ever felt your frustration and irritation rise when you asked your child to do something and then he or she delayed, especially if you requested them to do something frequently over and over and they still delayed in doing that? And you know that might have impacted you. And I'm not here to make you feel guilty, but to raise your consciousness for a moment about the seriousness that we ought to be prompt. 
And so I hope that today's message will be one that will cause some of us that have been a little bit sloppier, maybe through our own culture or upbringing, maybe because we haven't been called on it, that we've allowed ourselves to be real sloppy in how we live our life in the area of promptness, that we would stretch ourselves a little bit more. And so I want you to know that your pastor today is not pointing a bony finger of wrath at you. I'm here loving you and looking to you to love me back at the times that I haven't been prompt. But when I went into this message, though, I sense my own need that when I'm not prompt, that often because of perhaps my place of influence, that I am impacting the lives of others and I'm hurting them as well and that I need to be looking at this as well. Now, when I talk about this message, I know I'm going to take a little sting out of it right now, but I'm not talking about some of you that might be occasionally late. And I think you know what I mean. I don't mean fashionably late. I'm talking about occasionally. Something happens way beyond your control. You are in a pressure cooker life. A lot of other people are impacting you, making you late, and thus you're late. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about the people that have an occasion, something happens that slows them down to being prompt. What I'm really speaking about will be those of you that are listening to me today that have a testimony of being late. You're always known to be late. You know, the late so-and-so, but they're still alive. You know what I'm trying to say. Those kind of people. I'm talking about those because you've now lived your life that people automatically know that when you say you're going to turn something in on time or be there, they already set their clocks 15 minutes later, not even knowing that you'll be there on time or not. And I want to talk about that because often our character, because it does influence others, it can draw people to us, but it also can repel people from us. Our island culture is, is we give a lot of aloha, it's okay, we do that. You know, we don't want to embarrass the other person, save face. But inside, we're really marginalizing that person. We're having a hard time to adjust and adapt in a closer relationship with them. Well, in case you're still not with me on this message just yet, I'd like to do a little promptness quiz here to see how we are and see how you might be doing. So maybe quiz yourself. Don't look at your neighbor, don't look at your mate, don't look at your kids, don't look at your parents, but just yourself for a moment. Question number one is this. Do I arrive at an event before it starts, just as it's starting, or after it has already begun? Am I known for that? Is it a meeting? Is it a church service? Is it something going on at the house? Number two. Do I know how to graciously excuse myself from a conversation and activities that hinder me from being on time? In other words, if I learn the art of how to disengage comfortably and graciously in a conversation that perhaps does not need my constant attention so that I could be at a place that I've already given my word that I would be there. Number uh, three, do I turn in reports on or before their due dates? Now, for some of you, you've gotten away from it because they didn't ding you too much in school. Maybe your parents haven't dinged you too much in a homeschool setting because you got your report in on time. They might have growled at you, but they permitted it. But I will tell you in the world of adults, when you have a bill that's due at a certain time and you don't promptly pay that bill, you will pay a financial penalty. That penalty could often show up on your credit report and it will stay with you for many years. You can have problems with the IRS and then those penalties go on. You can open up a can of worms that you don't even want to look at. But it's because we haven't learned the character trait of promptness early in our life. Here's number four. Do I respond immediately to a directive or do I wait until later to do it? And there's always going to be times given and take that that'll happen. 
But we're talking about the chronic person. And then the last question we might ask ourselves is this. Do I cooperate with others so that they too can be on time? Maybe the problem isn't so much me. We live in a world that we don't have a lot of responsibilities, but we might hinder others that have a need to be prompt by holding them back. Now, I don't know where I'm going with this. No parent called me. No husband or wife called me. I just went to the Lord and I said, Lord, how can I help our people understand the seriousness about being prompt? Those of you who are guests, I want you to know that our church is a very healthy church. We are a very good church. We are not dealing with people that are chronically late to our services or to meetings and other things like that. But we are a church that is desperate to honor God in our character. And we're going to him to help us now in the area of promptness because we do have a testimony and we want to maintain it right before the Lord. I was reading about Shakespeare in his uh, writing, I guess his play called Henry VI, Part Two. He said this, better to be three hours too early than one minute too late. I thought that was a good quote. I especially like the quote of Lord Chesterfield. He said this, he said, promptness is the soul of business. Now those of you that live in the world of business that are expecting people to pay you promptly or your staff to be prompt, your salespeople, to get the product out, you know that promptness really is the soul of business. But I might add to that, those of you that are serving in ministries that are part of our church on the island, I will tell you that promptness is also the soul of effective and fruitful ministries. Promptness sometimes is the soul of family dynamics. Soul is promptness that builds us toward a healthy life outwardly. Now with that being the case, and some of you that might have really struggled with the conception of time, it just gets away from you. I want you to know that God loves you. And he's a very merciful and a gracious God. And he is there to say that I'm there to help you to overcome that chronic tardiness in your life. And if we really want that, if we want to glorify the Lord and to have that kind of life that exemplifies what biblical appropriate promptness is, he's right there to transfer our tardiness and place within us himself for prompt control. Well, some of you that are still struggling with what is this whole concept about promptness, let me go back to some of the dictionaries. One is just a regular desk dictionary, and it said that promptness means ready to act at the moment. Just in other words, you're ready to do it right then. You're all prepared. And it goes on with a whole lot of other definitions, but that's good enough to kind of get, get that to you. Noah Webster had one that was a little bit better. He said this. He said it means ready and quick to act as occasion demands. So it doesn't mean that you're always quick, 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 work, work, work. It means both you're ready that when the occasion demands, you're right there fully prepared. Kind of like the Minutemen during the revolution or the beginning of the revolution. Kind of like the Boy Scouts, always prepared. They're prompt, ready to go. Sometimes some of you that are speakers, ready to go with a message, ready with an answer. It also says this, it means of a ready disposition, prompt in obedience or compliance. In other words, you're quick to obey, you're quick to comply. And then it had another one, it said ready or present as prompt in payment. And finally, this one showed up. And I was wondering, what led Noah Webster, the writer of our first American dictionary, to put this in? He said this. He said that promptness means cheerful willingness. Now, it took me a while to think through this concept. What does it mean to have cheerful willingness? How does that fit into doing something promptly? Now, Noah Webster's in heaven now, the best that I could ascertain. He seemed to give testimony to his faith. But my point is this. 
I'm going to guess that here's what he was getting at, and I'd like you to listen to me for just a moment here. I don't want to wax psychological. I do not want to give you psychobabble. But at the same time, there is some good understanding what might be in the psyche of a person that causes them to struggle with being prompt. And maybe a little bit, this is coming out of Noah Webster's cheerful willingness. We know, according to good science and good study and good research, that there is a trend or a syndrome that's called passive aggression. You have those that are just violently outward. A moment they can explode and they're just angry and they're violent. Then you have others that do not like confrontation. They don't like the violence. But yet at the same time, they don't want to cooperate with that other person. And so they call it passive aggression. They're passively fighting the other person. Now let's put it into the promptness. This would be you're married to someone who they're very committed to being prompt. But through the course of the relationship, it has kind of drifted and broken down. The other person is not prompt, but it's due to the fact that they don't want to confront the other person. They don't like the other person. They don't like when they do confront them that it turns into an argument. So what they now have learned is to be passive aggressive, which means that if that person's prompt, they're going to be a little bit late. That person wants to get something done quickly, they're going to drag their feet. This person wants to make sure they're on time. The other person says it doesn't matter if I'm tardy. So they do whatever it is to cause that. So here's how we say it in light of this definition. Promptness is cheerful willingness. A person who is not prompt is not cheerful to be willing. So they have what we might call passive aggression. Now that might be something that works for you way beyond your even thinking of how that figured out in your world. But also a lack of promptness could just fall underneath that big ugly three-letter word, which is simply sin. You know that it's rebellion and disobedience, and so you just fight it, and you do it by being late. You might think about that. I went into the Bible now, and I especially wanted to find out from the Greek, and there were really, in the English Bible, you won't find the word prompt or punctual. But you will see the concepts and words very similar to that. The words like immediately, at once. You'll see those terms. There's two primary Greek words that fit into that category. One of them actually does define it as at once. In your Bible, it will say a word that we don't use hardly at all. It's the old King James. And it's the word forthwith. Another word is the word straightway. Now, we would say the word do it immediately. Do it quickly. Straightway. Let's get on with the program. And so it will be found in Scripture. Now, here's what I thought was very interesting when I did this study. You have 66 books in the Bible. Then you have the Gospels, basically, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. The smallest Gospel is Mark. In that book, you will find the concept of promptness, or at once, or immediately, surrounding Christ and what He did, not five times, not ten times, not twenty times, not thirty times, but forty times alone, in that particular book, there's the idea of doing things quickly, immediately, getting this thing started and done. And I thought that was interesting in a small book. I don't want to go much further than that. But for those of you that want to go a little bit further, why don't you go through the book of Mark and see how important things were done in a prompt fashion. Now, with that being said, I'd like to submit to you a definition that you might want to massage and work with your kids or maybe yourself to see how you're lining up with the idea of promptness. And promptness would be showing respect for God and others by doing things on time. Now, I know it's very small, very short, but it is a workable definition that you now can go to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to be prompt. And when I'm prompt, I'm showing respect for you. 
You've given me things to do. You have a testimony for me. I want to bring honor and glory to you. So I'm showing respect for you. But I'm also showing respect for other people. Now let me show you how you show respect for other people by being prompt. Let's say now that in a conversation, it's either spoken, written, or implied that you are going to do something, speak, act, turn in something, whatever it might be, at a certain time, and you don't. Now, you might have a voluminous list of reasons why you didn't get it done. Now, some are genuine. Maybe one is genuine. Maybe the rest are excuses. But by you not doing it, unless there's a release from what you have now committed to that other person, and you don't do it, and most people don't, when they don't do it, they don't give an explanation, or it's very, very, well, you got to accept it kind of attitude. In a way, your reputation is at stake because you then could be looked upon as one who prevaricated or lied or led the person on. Now, I know I'm being harsh, and I don't want to be too, too harsh on this, but I want you to know, though, that when you leave an impression that you're going to do something you don't do it, you're actually giving them your word. You're permitting them to believe something. So you're kind of giving them your word, even if it's passively. And by you not doing it, whether it's a lie or not, and I don't think we'll go quite that far, you are doing this. You are causing the other person, watch this, to not trust you the next time you say you're going to do something for them. It now causes a breakdown in confidence and trust. And when you have that, watch this, watch this, you lose respect or have respect lost for you. And now what happens is a drift in a relationship because now you don't know if you can be counted upon. And all of a sudden you're wanting to know, why don't I have close relationships? It could be because you've not made commitments and kept them and they don't trust you. They don't respect you. They don't value your word as much. And it all goes back to promptness. Now, I don't want to go too far with that, but I want to give a lot out there. Then you and the Holy Spirit go together. And you then work this out in your life. And, that, and the Lord will begin to help you in these areas. But I want you to know, promptness is a serious matter with God. Let me give you three things just to think about. You don't have to write these down. Can you imagine how different things would be if Noah waited and procrastinated in building the ark? Or how about this one? If Moses waited to flee Egypt... He kept dilly-dallying. Could you understand what different that could be? And how about this one? If David waited to kill Goliath, what could have happened and might have happened? And you could take this through a lot of different Bible stories in the Old Testament and even kind of go through the New Testament, even in the book of Acts, if different people just waited to do this and waited to do that and didn't do exactly what God wanted at a certain time. You could take it all the way through the putting together of the tabernacle, Moving the tabernacle, building the temple, setting up at the temple, worshiping God at certain times. All the things that God told them to do and then they decided to wait. Can you imagine what might have been if Jesus decided to wait? I don't know how all this fits together theologically, but I wonder what would happen if my mom or dad decided to wait on trusting Christ when my dad was shaving and he dropped dead of a heart attack right there in the bathroom. If he just waited, I wonder what that would have been like. And so I just think about how important it is for us to be on time. And maybe that'll be something that could work for you as it, that is administered to me in a very special way. Well, let me talk about how promptness is illustrated in Scripture because it's found all over Scripture. And I picked out one story of Christ. 
Now, this story that I'm going to be showing to you in just a moment that was so wonderfully read by our friend Christopher a few moments ago was one that I often teach on servant leadership. There's a lot of principles on servant leadership in there. I want to go back to the story, and while we might talk about servant leadership and the influence, I want to look at how Christ operated in the idea of being prompt in a situation. So we're going to look at how Christ operated here in that. So how is promptness involved? All right, number one, focus. It was involved in focus, having purpose. In other words, Jesus had a purpose. In other words, he knew why he was called, what he was to do. We're going to look at that for just a moment. That was his purpose. And I want you to take back from that. Now I see what Christ had to do for his purpose. Maybe I am not prompt. Maybe I'm not getting up and going the way I should be going because I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what my purpose is in life. I don't know what I'm really called to do. So I'm just kind of like, hey, sirrah, sirrah, what'll happen? will happen. I sit around, talk story, wait for something else. I go from one crisis to the next. And finally, when I really feel the heat, then I move my feet. I don't know where you are on that. But I think it would be far better to look at the model of Christ and to say that Christ had a purpose. And I believe that each one of us were designed in the mind of God before we were placed in our mother's womb and that God has a purpose for each one of us. Now, yes, there's this general purpose we'll talk about, but discover what is your purpose in life. Have a reason to live. And when you do, then you'll be able to decide what am I taking on that's overload that I can't keep up with and therefore I'm not prompt. Did you all hear what I just said? And so maybe you'll learn to have a to-don't list without having so much of a to-do list because now you're following your purpose. So let's look at this. He had purpose. In the first verse I have for you, in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, it says here, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He was given to that responsibility by his heavenly Father. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Now how did he live that out? Later in Matthew chapter 9, it says this, Then Jesus went about in all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. So his basic purpose was to reach others by teaching, preaching, and healing. Now that is his pragmatic, practical calling, what he was to do. Now let's come up for air for just a moment. We know from John and other places that the son's responsibility was to bring glory to the father. So now here's your purpose in life, and I'm going to try to reduce it to three bites. Big bites as they are, but three of them. Your number one purpose is to make sure that everything you think, say, and do is to bring glory to the Lord. So as you're living your life, begin your day remembering that everything is for His glory and be, be God conscious instead of Palm Pilot conscious. Instead of just being people-driven conscious, you want to be God conscious. All right, I'm doing this for you, Lord. I want to make sure that I'm sensing the second thing you're making, your, your purpose in life is, is to glorify Him through obeying His Word. Now to do that, you've got to know His Word. You've got to let the Word change you from the inside. You need to love Him with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. You've got to make disciples of all nations. We know that. But all of that is to bring glory to the Lord by knowing His book. And then finally would be, what is your calling in life? What is your calling? Now let me give you some practical ones. If you have children and you're a woman and they're your children, your calling would be you're a mother. Now you may have other responsibilities and that's great, but remember your calling God gave you children. You men, you have children, you have your kids. And the list goes on and on, but discover what is your calling in life. Now as I look at my life, I am called to Hawaii. There is no doubt that is, that is confirmed in my mind. 
I am called to shepherd you, you, you wonderful people. I'm called to do that. I don't have a question. So should I now get invitations to take over other churches? I don't care how big they are or how wonderful they are. God has called me here. So I don't have to waste my time trying to sort it all out, what I should be doing. So my time now becomes less pressure cooked, and therefore I can do things on time in a prompt manner. So here's what you do. You come to the point to say, I am God conscious now. I want to bring glory to Him. Part of bringing glory to Him is to know and to live this book by the power of the Holy Spirit for His glory in love. And then I need to know what is my calling in life. Now once I have those truths all together, then I know my promptness is going to come when I live the exchange life. When Christ Himself, who brings glory to the Father, who has a calling in life, who at the same time is one that's filled with the Word, He's the living Word with the written Word. As I allow that to happen in my life, my world now becomes more focused and I know what my purpose is and I can live that out. So some of you, the reason we don't get things done on time is we don't know what our purpose is. We're just running from one crisis to the next. And we don't have the strength in Christ yet to say yes to this and no to that. Number two, in the life of Christ, promptness involved commitment. And that would be having priorities. When you have a purpose, now you can begin to easily prioritize your life. Because it'll fit within that particular sweet spot of your purpose. Jesus wasn't distracted. Now, taking off from his purpose, we know his purpose was to teach, preach, and heal. Eventually to die on the cross, to pay for the sin of the world, to glorify the Father. Now, he had priorities. Let's go into the story that was read to us this morning. He focused on those with a need. It said, Then it happened as he was coming near Jericho, that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. And hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he cried out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then those who went before him, that he should be quiet, telling that guy to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So all of a sudden, Jesus is going to model for us that he was given a crisis. I'm sure he was heading to another city. I'm sure that he was a busy man that at the same time had focus. He had priorities. He was going to go reach other people. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us Make It Clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. Mostly sunny right now, 88, feels like 91. I'm Alan Dempsey with you on a Wednesday middle of the week, getting ready for another weekend, probably do some more cleanup uh, from that messy guest. In fact, she wasn't even invited. <laughs> Irma there, and uh, some places still uh, cleaning up. It smells a little bit better around town, though, at least in uh, downtown Orlando and actually here in uh, Seminole County, too. Uh, 
The last few days, last week and a half, woo, it's really been stinky. <laughs> or it stinketh, as you would read in the King James Bible. But it's smelling better, I think. At least it did today to me. And I have a good nose. That's one of the things that's still working good on me here. I'm Alan Dempsey, by the way. And it is 556. And an exciting event is coming up for you. And I'm going to tell you about it in just a minute. But I want to tell you that you've been listening to Stan Ponds and Make It Clear. Find out more about this local Orlando ministry. All of that is right there online. It's amazing. Amazing at the word Orlando.com. And about that exciting event, David Jeremiah, his Turning Point Praise Team, come to the USF Sundome. That's on October the 3rd. That'll be here before you know it. A free live event entitled A Life Beyond Amazing with the same strong Bible teaching you get every day right here on Turning Point. And he'll be with his Turning Point band as well. Download your free ticket. You can do that now at davidjeremiah.org and refresh your faith daily with our Spotlight Ministry Turning Point at 9.30 a.m. and 8.30 p.m. only on 94.9 FM and AM 950 The Word. Coming up next at 6, it's Spiritual Oxygen here on 94.9 FM and AM 950 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. Are you frustrated with how the church has changed? Are you missing the old-timey hymns and Bible preaching? There is a secret in Seminole County, and it's Starlight Baptist Church in Winter Springs. Starlight has not changed. They still sing hymns and preach against sin. They share the gospel and see souls come to Christ every week. If you're longing for church the way it used to be and want fellowship and growth, then make sure to check out Starlight Baptist Church in Winter Springs. Visit StarlightBaptist.com to learn more. Hi, everyone. Pete Paquette, radio host here at Salem Media Group Orlando. And I wear glasses. Yes, I admit it. Since I was a little kid, never could wear contacts either. But now, my eyesight is changing, and so am I. I'm sick of fumbling with eyeglasses, the dents in my temples, fogging, the list goes on and on. So I looked into LASIK, and you know who I found? The Filatowski Cataract and LASIK Institute. And now I'm excited to look forward to leaving the glasses on the nightstand. Yeah, first I went online to myvisionfreedom.com. I learned about LASIK and Dr. Filatowski, Central Florida's most experienced LASIK surgeon with over 41,000 LASIK procedures, 25 years of changing lives. Then I called 800-EYE-EXAM and set up a visit to the Filatowski Cataract and LASIK Institute in Lake Mary. I had a complete eye exam. I had a consult with a board-certified optometrist. I'm feeling pretty comfortable about getting on with the next stage of my life without glasses. LASIK's the answer for me. I know it will be for you, too. Go online to myvisionfreedom.com or call 800-EYE-EXAM. The Filatowski Cataract and LASIK Institute. From the Filatowski LASIK Institute Studios, this is 94.9 FM and AM 950. The Word. WTLN Orlando. Where faith comes by hearing. Is this heaven? Close. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.